Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 148 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in, guys. My guest today, I'm hugely excited about. Um, I'll keep the intro quite brief because we we are both very capable of talking and we were both very excited to catch up. Um, it's Gemma Canney, who I've known for years. And as you'll hear, we used to know each other back in the day when I used to gig a lot with... Um, Kate Nash and Adele and uh, and Jack Pagnate and Peggy Sue and the Pirates and Stuart James and loads of really good people and Gemma was always um, hosting or artistic director or designer all sorts of stuff involved in it and it's been beautiful seeing her, her climb but before I get into that I should mention speechdevelopmentrecords.com that's where you can get all your all the goodness you can pre-order the POS a record which is it's you're gonna love it it's absolutely amazing i'm so excited to have pos to be collaborating with doomtree to have pos on speech development records in the uk because pos is responsible for 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 one of my my favorite hip-hop albums of all time um he is on one of my favorite collaborations i've ever had on 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 my record he's on let them come and this album has got I think three or four already um, of my favourite all-time POS songs, like of in my top ten, like straight away, um, and the rest are, are, are stunning as well and might sneak in there. But it's it's rare for a new album to to present s- so many straight in the top ten b- bangers. So check that out. Um, it's called Chill Dummy, and you can pre-order it on Blue Vinyl or CD at SpeechDevelopmentRecords dot com. We've also got a lot of summer stuff on their way. I think I. I revealed it on one of the drunk cast episodes of what the the summer stuff is, but I'm not meant to be mentioning it yet, so I won't go into it. But we should be launching that in a couple of weeks, hopefully, and you're going to be very excited. Um, so yeah, um, thanks everyone for the love for, for, for last week's amazing episode with Kelly Marcel, as as well as the amazing story of her career. I mean, goddamn, she sold her first script. While she was working in a video store in London, she sold a script to Steven Spielberg, um, and her mate was popping in a lot to help her out with with working on scripts and working through ideas. Uh, his name was Tom Hardy. He's done all right. Um, so, and then she's gone on script after script. She's doing amazing. Um, but as well as her amazing career, people were really excited to hear about the squirrel that she rescued and nursed, and uh, and the dog that she rescued and. Uh, and has kept for several years, um, and is is one of the reasons I like to visit LA because I I like to go and see Mr. Banks and Kelly, and Steve and the whole family, but particularly Mr. Banks. Um, so yeah, thanks for all the love and for checking that one out. Polar Bear the week before, um, the first time in ages we've had anyone doing any spoken word on a podcast, and again. I should get people to do it more often because it always gets such an amazing reaction. And the the polar bear piece that's on that podcast happens to be my f- my, my favourite piece of spoken word ever. It's called Jessica, so check that out on the on on that episode. But now I'll get into this podcast. I'll be back at the end to tell you what's to come. I've got some good guests ahead. I'm going to do an Ask Pip soon. Um, I've recorded a couple of good podcasts, so I've recorded. Huey Morgan of the Fun Loving Criminals um, and Andrew Beef Johnston, the golfer. So they're both really good stories and really good chats. Um, but I am going to do an Ask Pip because people keep requesting it. And I've not done one since, I think the last one I did was in August. So 
you know, it's eight, nine, ten months or something. So I'll I'll get one of them done soon. But um, so keep an eye on my Facebook and that, and I'll I'll let you all I'll do a post for you to all put questions in, and I will answer them as best I can. On with the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode one forty eight of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Gemma Carney. Carney, 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 Carney. I I can never remember if it's Carney or Carney. I I should have asked her. I kind of stumble over it in the in in the episode. Anyway, this is my mate Gemma. <laughs> Enjoy. Right, um, I'm joined today by Gemma Canny. How are you? I'm all right. I'm excited and a little bit nervous. It's, 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 it, it, it's lovely to see you. And we, we kind of had a brief catch-up almost a year ago, I guess, because I came on your show. Or you were covering for Jonathan Ross, I think, and it was, it was when I was on my, on my book tour promotion. And I love it on the podcast when I get pitched people that I've known for years. And it's, it, it, it's genuinely always lovely because it means... There's another thing that they're doing that's going really well. If you're being approached by a professional sounding person over email saying, we would like to put forward, <laughs> and they list all the great things you've done, it's like, oh, it's, it's nice hearing people say nice things about a mate. So Secretly, I wanted to ask you, but I was too proud. So when the book was coming out, I was like, we've got the same literary agent. I yeah. mean, that sounds so like, mwah, mwah, darling, but we're just lucky that way. Yeah. And I said... Becky, please, can you ask Scrooge if I can be on his podcast? <laughs> and Becky mentioned, I was like, well, yeah, that's that's always been on on my list. I've got it, the beauty of of the podcast is at the start, I wrote a long list of people I, I'd like to have on. Um, part of that was people I know, like you. Part of it was going through. At that point, if you go on Twitter and click your followers you can do a thing to just look at the verified ones, which sounds really horrible and vain, but it's great for a podcast. You can go, <laughs> who follows me that's important? And and, 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 and might have Paul. And I wrote that list out, and you were on that list, and, and, uh, and Dockers was on that list, and numerous others. And there was a fear. I was like, right, I've got about 50 people. That might be all I can do. I might be able to do 50 episodes. And the beautiful part is now I'm on like 145 or something. And I've not got through half that list because it all spawns off and goes yeah. in wonderful directions. So One, it's, screw. Bra- I'm, glad, I'm glad that we're here. And we're here in Margate as well, which is lovely. In my lounge. How, how are you finding that area? What brought you out this way? Because loads of people seem to have come down this way at the moment. I know. It's a real buzz thing. Margate, which I love and also like anyone else that lives here gets annoyed with how it's uh kind of portrayed in lots of trendy press yeah yeah um because a lot of people coin it as Shoreditch on sea a lot of people think oh you know if you've got a bit of cash then it's a great investment and you know it is it ha- I can see why people yep. come to that conclusion yep. you know it's got an essence of the early days of Hackney in a sense that it feels exciting and mm-hmm. it's and it's got a sort of creative energy but apart from that it's got a massive sea yeah. which makes it totally unique it has pink fantastic. skies that you know 
Turner painted once upon a time, and yeah. I could, and I, they they are what lift me. Sometimes I tr- I try or we try to over intellectualize like why Margate is the spot, yeah. and actually it's a lot to do with nature. Yeah. I love running around yeah. on the beach. It's just and and it is a a beautiful beach and a beautiful seafront, and it's 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 one of the corners of the country as well. And then, and there's there's something in that. It feels like it's beautiful but you have to put some effort in to get there it's it's not just you're in liverpool and it's 10 minutes up the road it's blackpool you know what i mean it's one of them that's right down in the far corner so it it's feels that little bit you can get. Yeah. it quite literally yeah. is. i was edging out east when i was living in london yeah because i was always getting outpriced yeah, yeah, uh, yeah even though i was working my absolute bottom off to to it's, try and like put my roots down that's why i've never made it out of essex I mean, I'm, I'm that far out east exactly. i've never i've never got that far it's like this is too much but yeah <laughs> exactly and then i came the most east you could go but at least i've got a seaside and yeah. I, and i actually i love this place because it's so many things yeah it it is it's it's what it's written you know it is what what they say in the sort of trendy mags but it's also uh, a mashup of culture yeah. uh, it's built on leisure and tourism yeah from many many years ago from the 1900s so the architecture is like higgledy piggledy and uh, a lot of places have a lot of stories to tell like the walpole bay just near my house that yeah. you can see um out of my window it's, a, it's an old hotel and in there there's like loads of old printed photographs of uh, anyone that's been to visit including cast members of the bill mystique Amazing. on tour in like 20 like 2000 2003 Brilliant. um tracy emin in pajamas smoking fags like th- there's Amazing. so many of these stories in margate's kind of unwritten legacy that it's bana- it's a bananas place yeah and i like that it's it's, it's at the moment it feels like a, be- a beautiful combination because the last time i was here i came here early and had a bit of a, a stroll about and yeah was 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 pleasantly surprised because again the last time i came i've always i used to go on holiday to my nan's caravan in folkestone yeah and i loved folkestone because it was it was as a child, it was a dreamland. As an adult, you realise it's rough as hell. Like, mm-hmm. like there's tons of good stuff there, but it's it's rough. It's that thing, um, as as we were saying, anywhere that's built uh, that feels like it's a, or is a holiday place. If you live on holiday, that's a weird mentality <laughs> for a start. Yeah. And someone that's built around leisure, there is that kind of you always. It's seaside towns that always have. Like, I, was, I, was, I was walking around earlier. I saw loads of cool hip people i, mm. I got recognized three times Did that you? never happens in my town that's amazing that i live in and i was like Funny. man i should move it this is this is a <laughs> cool hip place i'm a celebrity in this town um but also yeah i saw a good few people who were who were quite drunk and it's like it's yeah two in the afternoon and stuff like that which is i don't know the reason i love essex is exactly that it keeps me on my toes it, mm. it, it doesn't allow me to think that the world is fixed um, and I think parts of London can, and I think it's, uh, we've all had a big a kick, a kick up the arse with Brexit and all these other things, because you can live in these parts of London, or even America in LA and New York in these cool areas and go, man, it's so liberal and so mixed and so cultured. And then you go, oh, right, it's, it's maybe not, there are still problems. So I think, yeah, I think places Absolutely. like that are essential. You get the extremes here. A lot of people ask me what it's like to live and people message me all the time saying, should I move to Margate? And I say, firstly, I don't know what you want to experience in your own eyes yeah. and ears. Yeah. That is very much down to an individual. We all have our own souls. So yeah. as to whether this place will lift yours, that's like, I don't know. I don't have the Absolutely. answer to yeah. that. Uh, but, but 
what I do say is that it is a place full of extremes. Mm-hmm. So um, I have extreme highs here and yep. extreme lows here. And I'm shocked all the time. Um, I'm sometimes disgusted, but yeah. like I am with society in general, uh, I sometimes have the best time and my imagination is sparked to feel like anything can happen. There's mm. space here. There's space to run on the beach, jump in the sea. If you've got uh, the most extraordinary idea to start something new, there'll be people that will listen to you no matter how weird it is, or how, yeah. you know, if you want to, uh, if you're interested in leisure and tourism and making people happy and entertaining, I do a club night here called Gems Jams, which is just simple. It's put, it's putting on a rave and it yeah. brings people together, like old Amazing. ravers, new ravers, everyone. I um, uh, it, it's 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 a place that lets uh, you know kind of dreams thrive. For yeah. example, you mentioned dream, a dreamland in yeah. terms of Folkestone being a dreamland to you. There is a place as there soon as you get out of the station, you, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the sea when you get out of the station in Margate, and then you turn right and you see this really beautiful Art Deco building called Dreamland. Yeah. And you know the, the like I said about the bananas element, the guy that ran Dreamland in like the 1900s so one of the early early people that had that building yeah. used to have exotic animals so this is before you know animal cruelty was considered yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, there are photographs black and white photographs of lions and elephants walking the beach in margate in the middle amazing, of the night where they would just go and have a, a good old paddle in the sea and i love it i mean this stuff like this stuff lets your 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 dreams kind of yeah. run and and at the same time it, it is a British dilapidated seaside town where yeah. Cliftonville where we are now all the streets up until the late 80s were a place where people came to go on holiday yeah uh, a lot of working class families which brings a vibrancy in itself yep 100% um so people wanted to go clubbing people like wanted to eat ice cream and people people wanted that kind of british mm-hmm. charm and they got that and then there was a huge economic crash and you know people owned hotels and no longer like were they worth anything so people yeah. lost out and you know and different people moved in and that created tension Completely. Uh, so it's a really interesting place but it's, it's, i love that it's tough all, all the uk kind of seaside resorts and whatnot it became tough as soon as um as soon as international tra- travel became so cheap because all the all the good things about somewhere like margate would have also had all the bad things that you associate with ibiza or or or, or any of these places that you've got people just going to get proper messy and rowdy but at least it was it was it was feeding this specific economy so when you lose that you've probably still got some of that going on but not as much money coming in and it leaves it this big this big gap yeah and just like how sad you know like without like sort of getting to the nitty-gritty of money but just in terms of a feeling and a vibe a place where people came to enjoy themselves and suddenly there's no one around if you lived here how that would feel yeah that that would make you feel pretty confused and pretty upset and the seasonal places anyway so you're waiting on that specific three four months of the year to be the thing that really sees you through so the pressure of when those three, four months come and it's not there, it's immense. It's it's not just that day-to-day. It's you've been waiting all year for this bit to cover you and then it doesn't happen. It's, Absolutely. It's terrifying. Dreamland closed. You yeah. know, the huge amusement park and dance hall and all the things that it was. Nightclubs closed, hotels closed, and suddenly, you know, all you've got left is the kind of seaside winds and still those really uh, kind of glorious 
pungent pink sunset yeah. kind of in your face but yeah. no people to see them yeah. and and what's happening now is a really beautiful and exciting blend of of that imagination spark again and yeah. like a determination with that in terms of people wanting to to say let's reopen the nightclub yeah like uh let's try and quash this idea that margate's really ukippy because mm. actually the streets are full of everyone of different yeah. color yeah. Uh, and it's still a seaside town that people visit you know in the summer where you get like huge church groups coming from south london yeah, and wicked. the whole the whole beach will be turned into a dance floor right like, doing like you know the nene dance like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know there's videos of that and uh, you know on monday nights down where i live like the roma community that live locally mm. just come down and turn it pretty much into a carnival amazing you've got like people on keyboards barbecues and everyone's just swimming and enjoying the fact that we live by yeah. the sea and, and and that's what seems exciting about Margate at the moment is it seems to be doing it right in there's a rejuvenation but not in a way that's it's it's the coming together of, of the old and the new you can't your club night being an example someone could come here and open a club night and kind of turn their nose up at the locals or the traditional type ravers and just want all their cool friends have moved from East London or whatever to be there. Whereas you need to have a combination of the two, right? You need to be embracing the people who've been here from day one. The people who are a bit messy have always grown up in a, a party type place. Yeah. Embrace that. Allow them in. Otherwise it becomes that, 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 that gentrification and what's happened in a lot of London of, pu- of pushing people out. It should be a pulling people together, right? And that's the loveliest thing about a club night as well, because actually it's really simplistic in, in what it, it generates. It's, it generates dancing. Yeah. It generates good times. Yeah. It generates togetherness. So yeah. Gems Jams was kind of a happy accident. Yeah. Eli's an amazing guy who runs a soul weekend here and has done for many years. He's cultivated a really interesting soul scene. Um, he's from Leicester. He used to be the trumpet player in the Pogues. Like he's got this amazing mashup background of the love of music. And he asked me if I wanted to start Gems Jams, and he was like, "Just play whatever, bring some DJs down." I was like, "But you do realise I'm not really a proper DJ. Like I like music. So I my, can DJ." So, so my club night started. I literally <laughs> and only only recently have I got to a level and I've been doing it five years now have I got to a level where I feel I can call myself a DJ in some context without saying I've got a lot of good DJs with me I'm bringing I'll I'll play some songs and there will be some good DJs so yeah (laughs) it's that awkward mix and and actually it works you know and he does he has a a soul bar down the road like in the in the old town and I don't do it all the time because it takes a lot out of me in terms of like, as you, you know, it's quite a lot of hard work, isn't it? When we got put to, to, to once every two months, it was, it was, it was heaven for me because it's like, I can manage that to, again, particularly as you'll have as well, you'll be expected to, to hit some people up, to get some guests down. Yeah. And it's like a little bit of a... And you're not bringing so many them favors. in with a dollar either. No, exactly. There's only so many favours you, you can kind of pull and ask. But, I've been lucky. I though. mean, we're going to have to do an exchange now. So yeah, go on, I've go got on. a club night and you've got a club night. Mm. So we'll have to just... I'll have you, you down at mine. I'll come down and do yours. I'm and we'll, well down with that. So we can make that happen. That's easy. That's yes. At least we've solved a problem in, yes. immediately here. So we'll do that at some point. Yeah, but, all right. It's your book. It's, it's, it's on. It's official. Um, it, it made me think, and it's there's an indoor bowls place um, 
out the front. And it, it, it made me think of an example a mate of mine had of, of the coming together of, of old and new. A mate of mine in, um, in Chesterley Street up north, he, he wanted to open. He'd worked in pubs for years and yeah. had, had loved it, but had seen the, the negative side of humanity, sadly, because pubs can, can have that. You'll have all the joys, as you mentioned, of a club night, but you'll also be the one at the end to see the people who haven't handled it so well. Yeah. And he wanted to open um, a CrossFit Which gym. Which could be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he wanted to, to, to open a CrossFit gym and kind of bring f- fitness into his community and all that. Yeah. And he approached a local um, indoor b- bowls place. That, t- To be honest, it wasn't b- being used that much. There was... A group of older people from the area who were using it, but it's a tough one. It was kind of supported by a school and stuff like that. And the beautiful part he could do was he came in and said, "Look, like we're not trying to ruin anything for anyone, but a CrossFit gym is more inclusive." And the thing that sealed the deal was a place like that is big, and again, it's similar to the one I'm seeing across yeah. the road from here. And it was costing a hundred grand a year to heat it, right? So he could turn around and go. I won't turn the heating on. Yeah. Because it's a simple... Because yeah. if it's a gym, yeah. you, you've got... It's going to be naturally hot. You get that body temperature. And that's still the deal. And they have... They post videos online all the time. Oh. It's CrossFit Chesterley Street. And they have a, a weekly kids' classes. And you have all these kids just getting into fitness and running around I and doing these that. things. And it's a beautiful thing when you can bring together the... the their tradition. It wasn't a case of, oh, let's, let's rip this building down yeah. and build something in its place. It's like, well, we'll take over this and we'll do it up. And, yeah. and that's the key is finding that way that the community benefits and you can bring new things and bring stuff forward. Inclusivity and imagination. Like, I really yeah. want to ban the word gentrification because it, it makes my, like, makes yeah. me palpy. Yeah. And it's actually one of the reasons why I moved out of London in the end because I was like, there's, there's, there's a few ways that I can go and one of them is to be really grumpy yeah. and it's to walk yeah. around in a bit of a mood. Like when I went into my local laundrette on a Sunday and someone tried to sell me some ice cream and I just wanted to like talk about washing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I was like, I'm turning grumpy yeah. and I don't want to be grumpy because I think I, I'm mostly quite nice and encouraging of anyone's ideas and quirks, but I'm feeling like... I'm feeling like gentrification is a cover-up for sort of segregation. Yeah. Um, and... And it's not about imagination anymore and it's not about creativity and it's not about inclusivity. And there's no one in particular that, I, you know, that I necessarily blame except for our kind of obsession with money, which is weird. Yeah. Um, it's got bigger, that obsession. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But like, but that is a perfect example of just like, inclusion and like and for me like people are just awesome yeah. and and we're and particularly now it's more important than ever because it's so easy to be in our echo chamber which a lot of people yeah, are talking about completely but if we just keep preaching to the converted in terms of our ideals or our hopes and dreams as to what how we think and i say that we because i feel like you're you are probably i I've known you for a long time but like yeah. of a similar mindset yeah, to me sure. in terms yeah, of yeah. like just togetherness or spreading a good message or DIY culture, for example. Um, I think it's got, it's always about people regardless of your background, regardless of the money that you have uh, and regardless how long you've lived in a place or, or what trainers you've got. So if you can use your imagination within that, then a lot of places in the UK, like, will benefit and that is for me is so exciting completely and it's great i like the point of 
of of of of of not preaching to the converted of going somewhere with these ideas that maybe need it more than where you are um when i i started off doing a lot of 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 of, of stenciling and street art and i think i've done two stencils ever in london because as soon as i started doing them i was like oh these are everywhere mm. people know about this so mm. i'd start to go i'd do the no little road trips and again i'd i'd try and make them good pieces of art yeah. and i'd go places that hadn't seen them before and i'd, I'd genuinely i'd i'd be there the next day and i'd see people s- s- stopping t- yeah. uh, to look at it and take it in because at that point you hadn't s- seen s- stencil art as yeah. such. so it's kind of this it's it is important to take these things out to other places i mean it, it sounds like i'm i'm saying that you're saving the world by going and painting on people's walls but, no, but it's not even try and that, push like, those, those beliefs and cultures and yeah. bits of art out there and the way that you that, that anyone chooses to individually do it like mm. Like I've been at dinner parties where people have like exploded because I've said that moving out of London. Like, what your what's your career going to be then? Like, yeah, and it's like, firstly, it's none of your business, yeah. <laughs> and secondly, like, why? Like, like it's up to me. Like, it's all an individual thing. So yeah. I'm saying I've moved to a different place. Um, for example, I had more time to write my book. I've written a book that I care about so much. I feel like I've given birth to a baby. Yeah, and I went on tour with it last week, where I went to all different towns like Blackburn, Glasgow. Uh, Yorkshire, Wolverhampton, because it's important for me in terms of my life, my personal choice to spread the message on the sentiment and the heart of the book, which yeah. is kind of is steeped in a lot of this stuff and more and more yeah. um, and fun and it's, magic and joy. It's what excited me about the the book is when I first heard about it, I was like, so, so what is this? Like, what is this book? <laughs> What's going? I don't really understand. But then. Uh, it it clicked for me and again we'll talk about the book and we'll talk about how we met but it it made sense to me because you've you've always been about kind of a lot of things a lot of things all at once and that's kind of what the book feels like as well (laughs) tell us a bit about the book now and let's yeah okay start with that before i rewind back to all sorts of other stuff let's do it and you mean you know i love to chat yeah just me but just really quickly on on you doing the street art like everyone does it in their way and it's like no pressure look people you don't have to like let's take it on board to change the whole world like if you're listening and you think oh god you know it's all right if you can write a book or you you know or actually of course it's fine to live in london london is incredible you know all these things it's just about how you inhabit it yeah in if you if you want to use inclusivity and imagination to like the political landscape do in your own way completely and it's it's finding the right questions for you for you as well so you say that people like oh i was i was moving to margate gonna mean for your career it's like well let's ask what's it going to mean for my life yeah i'm going to live at the beach and i'm going to be inspired i'm going to be around this so it's it's finding those questions that go and if if the question of career is one that's important to you at that point then that's that's the, the valid one yeah. and it might mean you stay stay where you stay or Age, do whatever relationship status yeah. like there's so many there's loads things of that are stuff. important that yeah but that we put career and money at the top yeah. by default which is the, the thing that we should question a bit again there's i'm not saying that that's wrong for certain people again for yeah. certain people that is right to strive in this certain particular way for a certain amount of time but it doesn't have to be the default we shouldn't have that in our mindset and there are all sorts of ways that that you know that we can individually thrive and yeah. i've like so going to the the book my baby yeah <laughs> which is so ott but it's how i feel it's brilliant um 
I felt very reflective when I was turning 30, which is two years ago now. Yeah. I've always wanted to write a book, but never really had the time, the headspace or the confidence to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, I love words. I love communicating. Yeah. I'm used to being so momentous because I'm a broadcaster and have been for nearly a decade. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to like have some solitude because I think a lot and I meet a lot of people and I feel so lucky to have experienced some of the things that I have in my life, whether it's some stuff that I've done to my, for myself, yeah. I'm proud of, but also just just magic moments, like where I've come across people that have totally given me a different perspective or yeah. I've been somewhere that I thought, I'll never forget this, this will give me the strength or the message to pass on. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, so I was turning 30 and I was thinking about my 20s particularly and then it was going back like to my teens and how kind of OTT everything was like yeah. up and down yeah. and I wanted to sort of speak to myself and say you know what like you don't have to feel the feelings so intense well you can but you don't have to be so ashamed basically yeah. to feel those feelings and to ask all the questions that you do because it's going to be okay and you can be you so that was the beginnings of it yeah. and then I went around the country on a project that I produced for Women of the World Festival. Mm -hmm. um, so it was my first commission for my production company, Boom Shakalaka yep. Productions. Yep. And uh, it was literally really simple, holding conversational workshops of young women about things that affect them in their world. And it was almost profound in a way. I knew that I would be enlightened by a lot of things. And I yeah. knew what would come up in terms of body image, social media pressure, etc. Because we're aware that these things are a problem, but having yeah. the head-on conversations, uh, like face-to-face -face in, in its moment, rather than just reading it in a newspaper in terms of a survey or stats yeah. or hearing it on the radio in a very specific way, I felt charged. Yeah. And I felt charged by the young people that I was speaking to in terms of how hard it is now. I thought about myself and all the mistakes that I'd made. And then I thought about how hard it is now. And I thought, so I need to do something. I need to do a project. And I went and visited boys a few months later and made the same, I did the same workshops and made pretty much the same video with boys. And yeah. both, you can watch them both online. One's called Wow Now, Women of the World Now, and one's called Bam Now, Being a Man Now. They're only like up to seven minutes long each. And yeah. the thing about it that was so great was them, not me. It was yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. it's not like me doing a BBC Three documentary being really thoughtful yeah. and like saying, and I'm on this discovery. It was them. They were witty. They were cool. They were beautiful. They were vibrant. They were interesting, progressive all over the country, yeah. but they didn't know it. Yeah. And also they never got the opportunity to talk about these things, the things yeah. that are coming up. Being in a beautiful library in a school, in Essex actually, yeah. where I was like, it's like Hog Hogwarts here. Like these guys are lucky. They're getting a great education. Oh my God, their library is amazing. Their librarians engaged. They're going to be okay. And as soon as it started to tumble out their mouths, the, the particular subject of self-harm, which is a really hard, hard subject to talk about and yeah, to tackle. 100%. They just didn't stop talking. It was like, I realised that it was this kind of trend in amongst their peer group and they were all really worried about it. Their teacher emailed me afterwards just saying we didn't know this was a problem in our school. But at the same time, like, it's a really good school. Like everyone gets really good mm -hmm. results. And, you know, I looked at the landscape in terms of sort of academic pressure. Yeah. And like how much pressure yeah. like young people are being put under. And there's not one person to blame. There's lots of different things to look at. But 
it, you know, and, and then seeing like how mental health issues are becoming trickier and trickier for yeah. us to navigate. And, and the fact that they w- weren't given the tools or the chance to talk about what they're really, really worried about. Yeah. It's, 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 it's giving people the chance to talk about it and tell them it's okay to talk about, yeah. first of all, which is a huge, a hugely um, a misunderstood area with all sorts of, of heavy subjects like yeah. self-harm and things like that. We're kind of, I, I, it's, it's interesting that we're recording this on, um, on, on Red Nose Day. Um, yeah. It'll go out a, f- a few weeks after that, but I did a thing for Sport Relief or Red Nose Day a while back and it didn't end up getting pushed and I was f- fine with it because I understood and I was glad that the podcast was a platform but because I talked to a young lady who'd who'd been been brought to this country in sex trafficking Mm. and she chose to speak painfully openly and Mm. my feeling was right I don't no one has a right to tell you you can't talk about that and can't express that openly you have a right to choose not to but if you want to and it I don't know, it, it, it made me realise the importance of things like podcasts is that interview couldn't have been on the ITV or, or on the, on the, the ITV, ITV, on the BBC or yeah, on ITV or yeah, whatever else because yeah. of the content. But that doesn't mean a story sh- uh, shouldn't be told. And equally, a self-harm is another one that people feel so ashamed alone, to talk so about alone. and so alone. But it, if you, if you want to talk about it, you should have that platform and, and that opportunity you know, to talk about it. I use like one of the, one of the really like hard subject matters in the book. And yeah. it's something that I personally have never ex- experienced yeah. in terms of me. Yeah. But I, I knew from talking to these young people that this is a subject matter that needed to be heavily explored in my yeah, book. Yeah. Um, so obviously like I, I'm very much of the school of B, BBC vibes in terms of, it needed to be safeguarded. It yep. needed to be honest. It needed to be real um, and not just sensationalist. So I of worked course. with an organisation, an amazing organisation called Self Harm UK, on yep. modifying it, putting in you know their research and making sure that it was genuinely helpful mm-hmm. and uh, practical in terms of advice, which is also really important rather than just starting a conversation. Yeah. In terms of what Here's I wanted from stuff. my book, no, like, think about it. Good yeah. luck. See yeah, you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday night. We yeah. like. Um, and you know my book is like a like a smorgasbord of stuff and it's not meant to be read from cover to cover mm-hmm. it, it it is a dip in dip out there's a yeah. huge index it's fully illustrated you can write in it yourself if you want to respond because yeah. that's me asking you to be an individual i've even said to some of the younger people that have been buying it just saying you know there might be chapters in here that you never even that never even yeah. affect you or that you never even need or want to read but it's just there for you in those moments of intrigue in terms of the indexes there if you're worried about something but then it's also it's, yeah go on. full of like love and yeah. color and the things that I that keep me going in there's, dark there's times. so much empowerment in there and, and vibrancy but again it's it's it was exciting to me to see it happen and I don't know if it's because we've both got a similar wonderful agent who's who's, who's, <laughs> who's forward thinking but with my distraction pieces book the excitement came in when it stopped being about me yeah as such and that's the vibe I got uh, from your book and, and from what you said there have always wanting to write a book but maybe not feeling you have a right to why Mm. would people want to listen to me and then when you realize oh it's it's not about you you've lived a life where you've got to meet some amazing people so it's about them and the big i've 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 mentioned it a few times but the big moment with 
with me with my publisher was was when I sent a note back saying, can we have at the back a bit that's like in the Argos catalogue? So you can <laughs> yeah, go and find yeah, specific yeah. people. Yeah. So rather than just here's the chapters, you can find, if you if you want to look at each time Simon Pegg has something to say, yeah. you can look him up and the page numbers are there and things like that. And it was like, because it was that thought of going, well, let's not be precious over it and say, I slaved over this, which obviously I did, but I want you to read from the front page to the back page. Absolutely. It's like, I want this to be yours to do with what you will and, and, and use as you will. And that's what I felt with Open. Definitely. And it's, it's for everyone. It's not just for girls. It's for boys. It's yeah. genderless. The reason why I fought the publishers to make it yellow, like, yeah. cause I wanted it to be bright yeah. and not gender specific. And it's for all ages. It has to be in a certain category in the bookshop in terms of young adult YA, yeah. which, which is very loose as a term, but, Hugely loose, but like, I think it goes right up, you know, like, I learned from this book. I, yeah. I, I've, I've been interviewed by people in their 50s that are responding to certain bits that they're like, God, I never have had the opportunity to talk about periods. And there's like 20 plus pages on periods yeah. in there. Yeah. And, and you're, we have, the reason why we have our paths crossed, the reason mm-hmm. why we like each other in a sense, I respect what you do, um, is because you're like many people that we know. You're an octopus person, I call yeah. them. Like you have arms and tentacles, just like, yeah. like do doing things, cultivating things, doing things that move you and, and work on different projects. And like what, what that means is that you don't always get that seal of approval from like the, the mainstream sure, and whatever that's supposed to be. I yeah. don't know, but like I, I come across it quite a lot of like, don't you want to do like telly more or like, yeah. well, who, who do you want to be like? And then there'll be like this sort of list of, of, of like successful Completely. presenters. I, I have it constantly with the podcast. Yeah. People say it's doing really well. Are you looking do you think it could be a TV show? It's like, no, it's what it want, yeah. It's what it's meant to be at the moment. It's not meant to be anything else. This isn't a means to an end, which again, it almost feels like a kick in the teeth when people are saying, <laughs> yeah. well, this is nice. Yeah. This is nice what you're doing. But what's it leading to? It's like, no, this, no, I'm here. Yeah. I've got to where it's leading. It is exactly Just being an is. octopus yeah, and, and enjoying the beauty of it and the fact that it's resonating and the fact that it's good and yeah. the fact that it gets to tell different stories yeah, and that it's yeah. independent, which is so exciting. Yeah. But so it's, it's, it's the thing, again, the thing that it excites me as well and, a, and an important part that, again, I've, I've been sent a PDF of the book and only, only skimmed oh, through real one. Pick bits of it. Oh, lovely. Um, has been that, um, it's people, I think it's hugely important for people to realize that they have a right to be struggling or to be having a rough time. Because as you said, you might go to a lovely school that looks wonderful and, and plush. And there will be a feeling there that, well, you know, I'm not on the streets, I'm not on the breadline, I've not got a right, but it's it's all relative. Everyone's problems are relative and everyone's issues and stresses from things like periods to, yeah. to things like anything else. It's it's universal. You don't have to go... Because, again, if you're on the street, then someone sh- could say, well, at least you're not in Africa. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make your pain any less yeah. the awareness that other people are going through worse. That's... And not to just dampen it down. Like, I know that there's this kind of cliched notion of the stiff upper lip. And yeah, I hate it. I mean, <laughs> it's my and, 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 and we are having like progressive conversations about lots, which is great. Yeah. But 
to be able to accept that we are everything and that that's okay, you know, and that you don't even get to a point where like you become an adult and it's all sorted or you become famous, you become rich, you know, you you suddenly, you buy the house, like you get the promotion and then suddenly everything's fine. Like it's just not real. Or you get the A grade, which is like one of the younger problems, but like it's not necessarily real and that's actually really okay. And it's actually more than okay. It's Mm -hmm. actually exciting because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps life limitless and and we don't need a stiff upper lip we don't need an ultimate aim we don't need a hashtag relationship goal it's not about the instagramable wedding like it's about the the love like and and i think that we need to really accept that in times of need we need to ask for help we need to know that we we can possess empathy towards others because we might not have dealt with self-harm but it's a good thing to kind of know know about in case someone that you do is or to kind of have our own conversation as to which political party speaks to us, even if it's not what all of your friends and family are doing, just know the basics so yeah. that you can use your vote to an advantage that will change our mm. emotional stability, like yeah. societally. And I think, you know, we're entitled to our pain in amongst that. And I've gone on such a journey with this book, so many thought processes and so many amazing conversations, moving conversations with all different sorts of people. And uh, I'm starting to actually believe that if you can inhabit like the good and the bad and you have ups and downs and however you decide to use the language, whether some people say depression, some people uh, need, you know, in terms of clinically to be, you know, medicated or, or whether you express it in different ways. And, you know, it's it's a really, really like uh, rich tapestry talking about how our brains work. And that's again, down to the individual. But I was going to say complex and incredibly personal as well so and it, much. It, it can be damaging i found it damaging in the past to see people and again i i, I had the same ignorance i had had um had um a jordan gray on who 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 is a wonderful uh tr- tr- trans lady who grew up near me or lives near me in tilbury yeah and i'm glad that i can be a bumbling idiot at times because it helps for those who are listening but i was asking her so many questions yeah and she had to stop me at one point and go well I can only answer for me. I can't yeah. answer on behalf of ed- ev- everyone in the trans community. But that's, yeah. it's a similar thing with, uh, with mental health is I've had stuff before where I've had a week where I've not left the house or seen anyone, but I've been, I feel I've been productive. I've been in a good place. And then I've gone online and see someone go, I really need to get help. I, like, I've not left the house in a week. And so, Oh, does that yeah. does that mean there's something wrong with? Do you know what I mean? Is, yeah, it, it, yeah, it should yeah. be so personal. Just because you cause could we're be all going different. through, so it, it shouldn't be a case of if this, this, and this happens, yeah. then you're broken and you need to be fixed. Absolutely. Like, I, I thought I was fine until I read that. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd had a lovely week, and then I read that I was like, oh, I've got problems. Well, beware out. of the internet. That's yeah. another big, <laughs> yeah. big, big, big kind of sea that can easily yeah. suck us in. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, and I just come to the point where I think that if anybody can kind of admit to the fact that they have like the ups and the downs yeah. and however they describe to talk about that, it, I'm starting to find that more interesting and more beautiful in the sense yeah, of humanity, just being 100%. like, I'm just trying to work it out and you yeah. don't know what's going to happen next. And I just think that that's a healthy message to promote because... It's really confusing, particularly, again, going back to young people. If you're just experiencing things for the first time, maybe love for the first time, trying to think about, you know, those feelings that 
we all get in terms of animalistically human beings going right sex what is it i think i might be interested in this yeah so how do i go about that yeah if you are only finding your sex education via porn, which a lot of people are, and people are so scared to admit that, then, like, no wonder, like, sex is changing societally mm-hmm. and it, it's becoming potentially more kind of not about love and emotional, yeah. like, balance and care and nurture. Because, like, adults are going, oh my God, yeah, probably, they're probably looking at porn, but I just can't even go there. And it's like, well, we need to have this discussion. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk. We need it's, to open. It's not going to go away by you not talking about it. It needs to. Yeah. I was with some boys last week. Um, I was so I've got a pod- I was starting a podcast called Open Up. Yeah. Which is going to be. It's very different to this. It's like sort of mini documentaries, really. Amazing. And made with a sort of sixteen-year-old in mind, a fourteen. Yeah. To, so in terms of like giving a podcast to a generation of people that don't necessarily easily find podcasts at it's, the moment. It's, it's, it's what's exciting me about podcasts at the moment is people or the ones that are exciting me the most are people that are coming from a rich history of radio mm. and seeing that translate into podcasts um edith bowman's uh, yeah. film one is amazing it's, it's one, of my, one of my favorites and as soon as you mention that i can completely picture how this will be and not feel like again i, I love that podcasts are so inclusive and anyone can do them but equally if you've been in radio for 10 years, you're going to have learned some shit. You know, yeah, you, you yeah, know you're yeah. going to know some stuff that, can, I mean, I that you can bring it. that yeah. might be a bit unusual in that world. Yeah, so. like, I'm so lucky I'm working with a producer that was one of my first producers when I was on One Extra and came to Radio One with me as well. And she just, she's like, amazing so um, when we were putting it together i was just like oh my god like, i'm really lucky that like, yeah this is c- content that like could work as uh, on radio four yeah. as far as i'm concerned yeah. I mean, you yeah. might listen to it and think it's completely different but it's made with a young ear in mind completely. in terms of going through different subjects but i was talking to these boys so we'll use this on the we're going to do one about sex and consent and they were just like really open about it because we're having so many big conversations via this book they were like do you know what we'd absolutely love to have more of a conversation or more of an education when it comes to consent Mm. just because it's a really important subject matter that we talk about together boys and girls together um because we know it's a big issue Mm -hmm. we know that's that that it's it's kind of often people find it really hard to talk about yeah but it'll be really good to have those conversations just as 16 year old boys from a really honest like cool way and it's just like right it's time to not censor anymore because we're worried about young minds. They're finding out, they're having these conversations anyway. Yeah. And they're really open-minded. And in many ways, they're so progressive. Like, yeah. I spoke to over a thousand people between the ages of 12 to 16 last week on tour in a yellow wow. yeah. open-top bus. Yeah. And I love it. I did not meet, this is so OTT, but I'm not lying. I did not meet one young person that I didn't like. Yeah. And I met all sorts of people, like people that were naughty, loud mouth, yeah. rude. But in terms of like their openness, yeah. their, their kind of approach to the future. Yes, they're worried about things. Yes, they're feeling like they don't get to use their voice. Yes, they're confused and overwhelmed by the internet. But in terms of like, in terms of like the stuff that they were saying about equality, mm. about sort of language and, uh, and to, it's just, uh, they excited me so much. I'm so happy that they're yeah. the future. It's, it's, it's the youthful openness of being 
um, allowed to not have a fully formed view, view yeah. on a subject. And we have, that's just, I think that's such a problem in society now. I think it can be a problem in podcasts right. that people will have these big debates when they're not f- fully educated on yeah. a subject because you feel, oh, I need to to chip in yeah. I try as much as I can to admit my ignorance and try and discuss it with people who know I'm way not perfect yeah exactly but and again that's the thing that's exciting about the topic of of something like consent is it's it's another topic that people will be incredibly defensive on mm. as well mm. and that because it's scary the, it's scary that can damage the progression of a discussion if, mm. if you're too quickly to go no this is the rule uh, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they are complex and, and it's, it's, it's weird. Me and a mate of mine were having a discussion on this exact subject in the car the other day mm. because it is a complex one. And it is, I, I think a lot of people from the male side will get overly defensive because they're nervous mm. of things f- 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 from their past. Yeah. I don't mean that in a particularly dark way. I yeah. just mean that in when I was at uni or when anyone was at uni, you're all going out. The point for the boys and the girls yeah. is to go out and get drunk and get laid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there becomes this grey area of how drunk was that person? Yeah. How drunk was I? How, you know, where was the consent and things like that, which, but I, I don't know. I think it's far more important to have those discussions and to feel uncomfortable yourself yeah. in the in the name of s- saving people from horrible situations And education. Yeah. Like, it, it, like these 16-year-old boys... They were saying it from a perspective that they haven't gone to uni yet and gone through all yeah. of that. You know, like they yeah. were just going, it would just be really good to know and really to good to the start the conversation. Are. And yeah. because then, in, even if it, in, in your subconscious when you're wasted, you yeah. know, like from an educative perspective, like you, you, you know, to have that extra element of care, extra element of nurture in terms of like, if you are going to have sex with someone, like what that actually means. Yeah. And I just think that that is really good because particularly if you're finding the answers of like what sex means via porn, yeah. it, like that is very scary. Yeah, completely, completely. It's not, it's, 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 it's not reality. Um, Again, it, it can it can be part of reality. It can contribute yeah. to reality. I, I always are worried that discussions are like this exclude or demean those in the sex industry. Yeah, which is again and people that for love me, porn because loads of people love it. Yeah, again, they're perfectly valid choices and valid careers and valid approaches, but it's part of a bigger picture. It shouldn't be the only part of, yeah. of an education. Yeah, that, and and worryingly, it's kind of it does seem like it's it's got to that for a lot of people. It's weird, but, isn't it, that we don't have that, that there is that discomfort to push the, the topic of consent and discussion of that because to compare it to when, or, or when I was growing up, or just before that, I guess, it was perfectly fine to push um, protection and using condoms because there was a health risk involved. It was perfectly fine. And again, it came to mind because of that thing of, I know there's been points where I'm a bit drunk and still, because it's so dr- 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 drilled in, it would have been, I'd best get a condom. Exactly. Because that's what you've had dr- dr- drilled into you. So it should be a similar thing now. I'd, I'd, I'd best make sure that this is yeah, the right That this is like so definitely, so definitely is, yeah. a consensual act, yeah. you know. And, um, and it, interestingly that you... you interesting that you brought up safe sex mm. because I worked on a campaign with Jurex a little while ago and they'd done this whole survey and the campaign's called when it's on it's on yeah. it's worth watching some of the videos because it was just loads of different people talking about sex and it seems that statistically 
condoms are being u- used less and less. Right. There's this kind of like nonchalant culture happening amongst like loads of young people just being, and I'm not just saying young people, I hate that like inverted commas, yeah, like yeah, people, yeah, just yeah, people. Yeah. We're all, apparently we're all just, in terms of the surveys have been done, yeah. we're all just sort of going, well, I don't actually know anyone with AIDS. So, yeah. I mean, again, this is like stereotyping and statistically in this survey, it's worth yeah. going to check out online. But, and, 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 and chlamydia can be cleared up with a pill. Yeah. So, in the heat of the moment I'm sure it'd be alright if I just and if you need to take the morning after pill and and actually you know and I'm doing this in terms of like quotes like actually it feels better to like not use a condom I was going to say you can't underestimate the power of 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 human selfishness and greed the fact is again for men and for women kind of in the heat of the moment yeah it's not as fun but we had it drilled into our generation use a condom use a condom use a condom mm-hmm. use a condom like you could end up yeah. with something that's life-threatening like yeah. use a condom use a condom and that as a message started to sort of go because mm-hmm. people were using them yeah and then now there's like these forms of stds i'd never even heard of like like oh, my stomach's going like um like super chlamydia or something yeah. like that. We're just like, oh my god! This is and, terrifying. And, and, and yeah, and Durex, you know, as a company, are like, right, we have to wade in now, and we have to say to people, like, what is going on? Like, why aren't you using condoms? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's just sort of the message has got lost. It's it's an interesting one because it is it's such an interesting s- subject because it's the same subject as 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 the porn s- a subject in many ways. Mm. Is it such a? It becomes it can become such a focus of our lives and our minds and everything else. And not that I'm saying that sex or orgasms aren't, aren't great. They're, yeah. I mean, they're cracking. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're a great laugh. Um, but they aren't this thing that we make them out to be at times. Like I've, I've, I've had periods where, and it was, it was off the back of uh, a Brett Goldstein had a really good stand up set and a great Edinburgh show where he gave up porn. And he discussed his reasons. He discussed the the obsession that can come from from particularly as a male, and again, gr- obviously for females as well. But that yeah. that desire to that an orgasm is the most important thing. So it's like I'm masturbating every day because yeah. it's this big. It was like as soon as he started to have that break, he was like, "All oh, right, it's it's again, it's cool, but it's one." of many things in life having a nice meal is yeah. really enjoyable doing this you know also, what i mean all these a good old things. smooch we're talking yeah. sexually like yeah. i love a good snog yeah <laughs> completely I was, I was discussing this I'm, I'm i'm writing a thing at the moment i was discussing uh, uh with a, a producer recently there's nothing more intense than a first kiss yeah because because even first sex first sex it's kind of it's more you know you're at that point or yeah do you know what i mean generally but the intensity of a first kiss that nerves of did she, she moved her head towards me am i should i should i it, it, it's, it's, it's making me nervous it's, like yeah, about it's it. such a tense and exciting thing yet we get f- focused now on a first kiss being the first step towards getting laid or, yeah. or things like that which is is, is there's a weird ugly there's a rampancy there. like amongst us a rampancy of information there's a rampancy of shagging yeah. there's a rampancy of of, of trying to get success like it, it's happening around us all the time yeah. like it's a weird one I, th- I I think it should be an absolutely amazing part of life yeah but not necessarily the goal it's something that I remember from my days of going t- to clubs and, and that as a youngster I had a real 
a weird moment where a mate of mine came up halfway through the night and was like, as, as it going? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's been good. I've, <laughs> I've been having a dance and all this. He was like, yeah, I've not had any luck yet. But, um, and he, it was the realization that his sole goal was to go out and pull. And yeah, man, that's, that's, that, that's turning down all, all the other good parts of a night. There's, yeah. there's a lot of, there could be a lot of good parts of a night and one of them could be pulling and whatever else. But if your focus is solely on that, yeah. you don't get the bit of dancing like a prick with your mates I or love a certain dancing. song coming in and, and stuff like that and having that excitement because you're so, so focused on yeah. one thing that, that <laughs> to say it's over in a moment is, in, is, 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 <laughs> is revealing too much. But, but one, <laughs> but one thing that could be a temporary or, you know, a, yeah. a fleeting thing, it's definitely, it's a, shame. it's a weird obsession that we and, and, and just thinking about like, you know, just, the 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 sort of the, the softer more emotional element of relationships yeah. and and sex and and relationships in general whether that's like friendships in terms of like meeting face to face rather than just feeling like you've got your hit and you've yeah. had that interaction by yeah. whatsapp or you know it's, that- it's it's one of the reasons i've come off off my personal facebook mm. is i realized i don't f- feel the need to see any of my friends or loved ones anymore because yeah. I know what they're doing. Yeah. I know everything about them. I, I, even if it means I haven't seen one for two months, it means that when I do see them, it's exciting and engaging. It's not, oh, I already know. So yeah, it's cool. like we need to look at it all, how we capture memories. Yeah. Like I, I did an experiment with some of the, uh, I think they must have been about 14, they were year nines when I was doing the research when I made the Wow Now film and I said to everyone, right, talk to me about pictures and they were like, I was like, how often do you take pictures? How often do you see your face every day? And they yeah. all saw their face like multiple times. I was like, who's the worst at selfies in terms of like, who's really into them? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. one girl could take up to 60 or 70 photos in wow. one sitting. Then she'd put it through three one apps sitting, and then she'd put it online. And then she said that there was always like this kind of high and then low because she wouldn't get as many likes as she wanted. So she'd take it off anyway. So this kind of like perpetual cycle yeah. of like, ooh, kind of self dis- like dislike, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I look good. Oh, no, no, I don't. I don't like it. And it's not getting the response I want. And then I was like, okay. And everyone just thought it was normal. It wasn't like, whoa, she's a freak for taking that many pictures of herself. Yeah. For our generation, obviously, we can go, whoa. But like, it was totally normal. And I just suddenly was like, all right, I want you all to think of a picture of your parents, one of your parents or someone in your family of, of when they were your age. Mm. And I could see them all doing it in their head. I said, think of one picture that you've seen that you like and that left an effect on you because you thought, wow, they were once my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, and do they look happy? And everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, that's because they weren't thinking about what they looked like. Yeah. They didn't know what the picture was going to look like for yeah. another two plus weeks <laughs> yeah, by taking it down to snappy snaps or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... It, they knew that it'd probably be developed in a way where it's just like it's, it's not going to be like yeah. HD quality. Yeah. It's just going to show like an essence of a moment rather yeah. than every uh, mad detail that we over scrutinise these yeah. days. And I was just, they were all like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "So let's experiment, like, and consider how we capture memory, and let's take some of the scrutinization off and live in the moment." So I, I try and practice it a little bit now. Yeah. So I've been on holiday. I'll take my Polaroid camera, which, yep. which they're having massive research, and I can see why from a spiritual. Have you got one? Got one here yeah, on the table. I take it for yeah, yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah. Every podcast. Yeah, um, you know, because I. 
and and to try and not take my phone out yeah. on the you know all day every day and feel like I have to boast even if I'm having the most profoundly incredible time mm-hmm. and and I was just sort of like let's just all try it like let's pledge to ourselves to just try and lessen some of that rampancy and that overwhelm and that intrigue that we are being conditioned to like have to like look at ourselves and and have conversation and And document everything as well again i think it's beautiful there because what that essentially boils down to is in the past a photo was capturing the moment It, it wasn't the moment now the photo is the moment i know this is what we're doing i'm taking a photo it's like right but what you take it it's become yeah. the moment rather than it capturing something amazing or you're, i'm really happy bang here it is that's yeah. that cool it's like no this is it's become the thing it's it's a bizarre one and it's just so interesting even just like lessening it by taking a polaroid snap and everyone's yeah. like yeah they're expensive and it's like yeah but i kind of want it to be expensive because i'm going to think that's about how value. i use it Completely. and i'm going to see the picture appear and that's si- like that silence of when i went on the school store i took it and i could see everyone like God, it's taking eight, you know. Yeah, just <laughs> it's like, but how good is that that we're just calming down a it little gives bit? Gives it some value, but that goes a work. little bit to what we were saying about it. Just like calming things down, like our prerogative when we're out, like when we want to pull whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't just have to. And maybe I'm sounding like a total dipshit, like romantic, like fool with a big hippie glaze. But like, just I like the idea of. Because I'm really, I overly, I can be really o- easily overly stimulated in terms of just like life. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah, yeah. ideas all yeah. the time. I yeah. talk loads. <laughs> I love people. I like dancing. I like going out partying. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I am. I always say, God, I was meant to be in the seventies. Like, yeah, yeah. I really would have been a happier <laughs> yeah. person. Like, yeah. I want everything to just take a little bit more time and to like scrabble around and find the answers face to face and and that's why i enjoy like this idea of a podcast that lasts a while that you can you can actually have a longer discussion it doesn't have to yeah. be a sound bite it doesn't have to be a promo thing again i generally i generally avoid people if they're on a, a promo run again it's different because i know you i know that yeah. we're just going to talk and it won't be a so on chapter five we discussed <laughs> that you know i mean it's, it's not going to be that but in general i'll try and avoid people yeah. on promo runs for exactly that reason, so we can just have a conversation. And, you, and then stuff will come up and stuff will come in because that's the nature of conversations because you talk about what you're doing and if you're creative and that's your job, then the promo is there naturally because that's what you've been focused on. That's what's been 100%. in your head. But, but it's not that here's my fifth interview of the day and here's the five key points that sell my book or sell me as a person or so on and so forth. Well, I'll tell you now, there's no way... Like you'd be in my lounge unless yeah. I cared. You yeah, know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, exactly. And and I only talk about like the book, for example, because I see it as more than a book. I see it as a message, and I really, I love it. I'm not it's, ashamed to say it. I love my book. I love what I what what I put the effort into make it real and to make it true. And I don't mind talking about that. But yeah, it's it's because there's but there's so many things that like I do that can easily be like someone else's message or trying to sell something because you're being yeah 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 yeah. you know so this idea of like having a chat it's, it's, about life is really it's great nice. to do a project that you can be unashamedly proud of because it's not just you and again yeah. it's, it's such it's it's the similarities i saw in both of our, our projects and books it's like i'm really proud i think my book's amazing but 
not because of me, yeah. because of all the other things that are coming into it and all the stories I'm getting to tell through the book or I'm getting to give a platform to. Yeah. So I don't feel bad going, yeah, it's really, it's really fucking good. And yeah, it, it is. It's cool. <laughs> you should give it a look. It's and again, amazing. It's that, that's, that's, that's the beauty of these projects. Definitely. And, and not to be sort of overlooked in the sense of how important it is yeah. that stuff can come from the heart because there's a lot of stuff out there that's just about making money. Yeah. It's, I mean, this it, isn't. It, it, it pleases me, and, and this will take us back to kind of tell the story of, of the time in which uh, we met, but it pleases me because it feels like it's the moment you've had a chance to step back and, and look at it all. You've been doing stuff just constantly because you like to do yeah. stuff, and then it's the moment that you've had a chance to go, oh, hang on, I've on this particular thing for Radio 1, I've met all these people, or on this thing for this, I've met all these people, and it's something there, and I... I always remember with um, Adele and with Kate Nash and with uh, Jack Penyate, all of them, because again, like we used to gig together back in the day, it's where we met. Yeah. Um, all of them, by the time their albums were coming out, there was huge pressure on them to be chart successes or where they're going to hit. Yeah. And all three of them, I sent a message on the day of release to say, look, you are going to be looking at the charts. You are going to be looking at if you're getting daytime Radio 1, but take a moment, if you can, to walk into a record shop and see your record on sale in mm. the shop because that's amazing. And mm. again, it's it's that thing of as soon as you're in these in this world, it's hard to see the it from the outside. Still, yeah. as a kid gr- gr- growing up, the idea of having my music on a CD in yeah. a shop and have its own little header board and things like that is amazing. So I think that's an important thing to do. But let's let's yeah. So what when I met you, you were kind of art directing a lot of the events or hosting the events the and doing all sorts of things I've it was always a million <laughs> different things but it was me and you and and kate nash and peggy sue and the pirates and adele and doc as mc or laura dockrell now incredibly successful author all grown up and stuff um and Stuart james and loads yeah. of other people and yeah and, and you were kind of you'd you'd make the exciting thing about that scene was there was a load of different people from different genres and sounds really but they were coming together at events that number one it looked like an event and that's one of the key parts that i think you your influence was in there and stuff like that you didn't just walk in and it's another night uh, uh, at the good ship or another night at this place or that place yeah. the decor was done it was it was turned into here's our night here's our event and the reason these acts are so varied, the reason they're all together here is because they all live in this world. It's not because they're all rappers or because they're all yeah. singer-songwriters or this or that. They all live in this world and this is our world that Absolutely. is Absolutely. And inviting. Yeah. Like, if we can bring different people together because there's different acts on the bill. Yeah. And I think that we've always gravitated towards those things, those amalgamated, hard to categorise things yeah. and those people that appreciate that. For example, you know, you getting signed to Sunday Best um, and my first experience of Best of All, you guys being on the main stage and and Kate being there. But seeing Best of All as a vision and seeing that it it was just an amalgamation, like a melting pot. Completely. Uh, Best of All is a great example because it's it's the one festival that has the feel of those gigs that we were all doing early on. I said it still, it surprises people when I'm having conversations start to list who we were knocking about because yeah. there's no logic if you look at it now there's no l- logic in all like you wouldn't put us all on one bill now it'd be weird but 
But why that's not? That's always that's my question. Festival works as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's always my question. Like, yeah. say, if you look at the festival scene, for example, now we're talking maybe like ten years ago. But if you look at how festival culture is just so part of like everyday life, yeah. and everyone, yeah. no matter what, where where you're from or what you're into, wants to go to a festival. It's because it's kind of like the idea of festivals have been attractive because it's like anything goes. Yeah. You yeah, know, completely. and and uh, but. In terms of looking, reflecting upon where we're at in the UK, we're actually probably more segregated than we have been for a long time, if not maybe ever, I don't know. But um, so we we are yearning to have different interests. We are yearning to know people from different countries. We are yearning to be into different music. And that's just what I've always known. Even if it's because, uh, maybe it's partly because I'm mixed race. Like I am half black, half white. I am half Scottish, half Jamaican. Like I've always inhabited like this whirl of fire and feelings and been interested in all sorts of things. And I think that that kind of, I don't know how you label it, but DIY culture of that particular very short period of time you know yeah. it's not people don't go on about the years of 2006 to 2009 really yeah. I know Metronomy actually brought out an album last year I think called like 2008 or something which oh, I really? thought was quite yeah, fun yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it really was amazing it was and it was important because it was again and those nights in particular I've listed a few of the names and I've listed the importance of of of, of people like yourself kind of pulling it together with hosting or with art design but equally the fact that you'd have at that point guitar or piano mm. incredibly twee cute adorable <laughs> kate nash playing yeah. just after a dj's been playing a garage for 10 minutes and, and it was that mixture of like right this this is why it all fits it's it's the in between the acts it's everything and should be getting down to but, the garage you know what yeah. i mean like sweaty Completely. harrow girl just like come on Completely. and then do a really beautiful kind of pop song about yeah. an end of a relationship that everyone can connect to. Yeah. And uh, actually you reminded me of doing a gig in the foundry in old street. Yeah. 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 Um, and Kate, I wasn't signed. This is when her sisters used to drive her amps around in the back of their car. Amazing. And um, we just always sit around for hours because we didn't get distracted by instagram or anything like we just used to have time to just yeah. look and chat and work out weird stuff little schemes and like yeah, ways yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of having fun really it was yeah. all about having fun rather beautiful. than like completely becoming huge stars or anything yeah and uh and she wanted to do a gig so we went down to the foundry and they're like we don't have a live music license it can only be poetry yeah. So we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Kate's definitely poetry. It's poetry. <laughs> and, okay. and, and they were like, are you sure? Like, we were like, yeah. And then we were like, <laughs> okay, well, we're just going to have to sort of fling in a guitar at some point. Yeah. And I remember we were like printing out pictures on her. She still lived at home with her mum. We were printing out pictures from her MySpace profile and cutting them out and making collages and photocopying them with like the five pounds that we had so we could go down to the local news agent so that we had flyers for the gig yeah. and you know it would always be this kind of joint effort effort of getting people together that's what it was yeah. always about and then even when she was signed like i remember like again it, it was in it was in hackney it was, it was at the hoxton bar and grill like and she was signed then and it was all stylized and there was some money behind it but her mum still made 
I think something like 300 cupcakes. Yeah, I love it. You know, you didn't, she did, they weren't bought from the Hummingbird Bakery. They were yeah. made in her mum's Harrow kitchen it's with brilliant. all the matriarchal women just getting in there, getting on yeah. with it yeah. and making these beautiful, like tasty cakes that were made of so much love that went with the imagery of what Kate was projecting, which was so many more things than, than sort of, it, it seemed, if yeah. that made sense. It was about being expressive and it came up through all of these things. Like, it was that openness how, and, um, yeah. and warmth as, as well. I remember the first gig I did uh, a, a with Kate was at the, it wasn't even at the bar fly, it was at the, at the fly bar. So yeah. It was the mini one that was up Old Oxford Street. And again, I'd, I'd kind of heard of Kate Nash and I'd, I'd gone on a MySpace and I enjoyed her stuff. And I was, I was performing with a pianist at the time. Um, and I'd kind of beatbox into a loop pedal and then he'd play and then I'd do stuff over the top. And literally, the afternoon of the gig, we were on, on Kate's MySpace. It's like, let's have that piano riff. That's wicked. Yeah. So we just did... It would, I'd, I'd written the, the lyrics to A Beat That My Heart Skipped at the time, but hadn't. I wasn't working with Dan oh, the Sack and all that. Too. And we were like, let's just do it over... Um, what's the one? Darling, don't be a... Was it? Um, don't give me shit because I know that you're full of it. You're oh, full of, foundations. Yeah, yeah. 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 Again, so that's it. It was the beginning of foundations, and I was like, just play that on loop. I'll wrap this new thing over the top. It will either get us kicked out <laughs> and disgusted because we're doing the headliners' song, or it will go down all right. Yeah. And again, it just worked nice. And it's so uh, fun. Uh, uh, ages. I, I like. In fact, the first. It's st- still on my YouTube. The first video I uploaded to YouTube was someone's phone, a Nokia phone with a, with terrible video on it, <laughs> filming. I was watching Kate at, um, at the Old Blue Last, yeah. and, she, and she was like, "Do you want to get up and rap over a bit of stuff?" Love and it. we'd not practiced it or planned it. It's like, all right, and it's again, it's terrible quality, but it's a beautiful memory of that time of just no one was like trying to exploit anyone or, or worried that anyone else is going to steal their shine. It was all just, let's just have a laugh. Absolutely. Do, do you want to do a bit of this? Just Even when fun. you're starting to get sold out gigs, it was like, let's mess about. Let's 100%. get people out. Let's play with this. And there was that. always like this openness that lasted for a long time. And, you know, same with Adele. I remember my friend Brigitte, who who's an amazing artist, Brigitte Aphrodite. Yeah. And she was in a, a comedy trio called Caviar and Chips. She'll be embarrassed that I've mentioned it. And they wanted to raise money to go to Edinburgh Festival and they just graduated from drama school. So we're again, once, I mean, I don't even know what I used to do back then except for like come up with ideas, really. Do some stuff. <laughs> just like be like, okay, right, we'll, we'll fundraise. We'll do a fundraising yeah. event. Um, I haven't changed. I'm very hard to <laughs> categorise. Like I don't have uh, one job. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, right, we'll do a fundraising gig. And our friend's band, Louie, like, they were doing all right. So they were like, and, sh- and luckily Brie went out with the main guy. So they, we went to the pool bar in Old Street and they were going to play. We managed to get like an afternoon on a Sunday for free in terms yeah. of hire. With and then Brie's nan like collected fake flowers uh, in Bromley. So we managed to get there and like fill all bags of fake flowers to decorate the set. And it's all to raise money for caviar and chips to go to Edinburgh Festival so that they could like, be yeah. slaves to the rhythm <laughs> of sort of a comedy yeah. show for Before, a month for, for no money yeah. in the end really um and we asked Adele um because Adele was you know a mutual friend she used to play in pubs we knew she had a banging voice we'd seen her we used to get drunk with her and drink Stella she was a cool girl a, a really good laugh and she played it did an acoustic set 
Unfortunately, it. no one came to the fundraising gig, but it was a really good lineup. Amazing. <laughs> I love those things, though. I always remember playing a gig where Adele opened, and then it was me and Dan, and then Jack Peñati headlining. And again, it was it was the best of all school of thought yeah. of, we're going to put the music in the order that it works best, rather than who's biggest, who's this, who's that. It's like, all of them are mates, all of them are, will play at any point. I'm happy yeah. to open, I'm happy to close. And it was just, yeah, it was that amazingness of, again, there wasn't any, well, we should be headlining, really. I don't know if it we're just really didn't exist. a support act. It didn't exist. It was like we were like Jack. Yeah, he gets everyone going so good. He's such. It's a good party. Let's. He should definitely be on last. And Adele was perfect to keep everyone's attention at the definitely. start. Definitely. And and I love that. And that's been an amazing kind of schooling for yeah. me in terms of creativity and genre and, and like so many different things were happening at that time. Like in London, like you know, you, you could just go get get in a cab and go, like this before Uber as well. Like, you could yeah. just go, but if you managed to club together some money and go north, you could go to Nambuka and if they let yeah. you in, you know, sometimes they put a mattress by the door so like, because they have a lock-in yeah, yeah, and you could yeah, go yeah. in and then you'd be like, oh my God, yes, this is happening somewhere else. And I remember seeing like Laura Marling play yeah. and um, like, I guess like early stages of like Mumford and stuff, you yeah, know, it's like people course, yeah. just galvanising. From Mumford was the master behind Laura Marlin back exactly. in the day, where he'd be. I remember seeing him play, and he was on drums and playing the keyboard and playing a little bit of harmonica and guitar. And again, quite rightfully, all the attention was on her amazing a, a, a voice. But I, about halfway through, was like, that dude's do that. Who is this? Yeah, <laughs> this guy's yeah. amazing. He's doing the backing vocals and playing it's a million just like instruments. Like sharing and... like talent and just living in the moment, not worrying too much about what people think. And, yeah, I love and it. also, like, having a good time yeah. rather than thinking, like, how is this going to make me my mill? Yeah, or, or what's this for my career and things like that. Again, it's, it's, it sounds a weird comparison, but it's, it, it, it reminds me a lot of how podcasting is at the moment. Is I don't know any podcasters that are like, feel any others are their rivals yeah. everyone's excited to find a new one if as soon as i hear that you're doing one it's like, that's that's wicked yeah. your podcast will be perfect this you know there's no kind of this they're eating from my plate you know yeah. it is that just that openness of the more the merrier let's all have fun and it's then exciting. it happens with everyone pretty much that was in that scene it happens to have turned into something in some way so so what was your progression from not really know what you're doing in the are you the artistic <laughs> the director the host the vibe bringer exactly that that's perfectly some two radio and tv and everything that's kind of have come since then um uh, having to sort it out in the sense that like yeah. i needed to channel like a lot of my energy somewhere i'd been to the brit school and i studied theater i was trying to get acting work i realized that I wasn't that good at being an actor because I couldn't really be that many people but myself, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And also that that as a creative industry is very traditional in many ways. Like, there's lots of rules and I'm not very good with rules. You're you're supposed to get an agent by sending them a headshot that they pose in a certain way, the letter's written in a certain way, and then the agent will try and get you a job in the theatre. I was like, okay, wow. I thought this was creative. Like, I thought I could meet someone at a party and tell them my hopes and dreams and then we could do something together. You know, as we were just talking about um and uh and uh, and also like yeah just restriction i was like and also i just kind of want to maybe try and change the world of community theater anyway yeah, but i was yeah, like yeah. but that doesn't pay for my rent yeah um 
And then in the end, I ended up working in fashion. Yep. Again, that's sort of around the same sort of times that you would have seen me popping yeah. up. Is, is, is that what brought you into to TV? Because I remember the first time I saw you on TV, it was all through fashion and it was all as a fashion kind of... Yeah, Frock Me, a yeah, T4 me, series where... Yeah, it would, I challenge people to put together an outfit under the name of a frock off. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, that that definitely helped. And again, fashion. I got to like this sort of point after a couple of years in my early twenties. I hadn't yeah. gone to university. I was living in so much fun, but like not having any money and like needing to channel it into work in a way. Yeah, and uh, and I was doing lots of assisting styling. A lot of my own again, like bringing photographers together like Tom Beard like yeah. he's doing really well he's an amazing photographer and yeah. now film director amazing. um who's done a lot of like the Flo- like lots of iconic Florence pictures again yeah. I remember him being like my mate Florence wants some pictures <laughs> you're a stylist aren't you Jim yeah think yeah so if we can just organize a shoot and yeah. then we did a couple of shoots with Florence and I love it and I, you know we just I remember again back in 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 that kind of era within a year or two year period having Florence on on before me and Dan at some gig yeah. we were doing and then honestly within a year or two standing side stage are watching her headline best of all yeah. and her dad being the most proud yeah. eccentric crazy man in the world and Brilliant. everyone and again it's that beauty of so and it was energy. together everyone's like yeah everyone's yeah. like cheerleading so like this is it like jumping exactly. like actually jumping up and down genuinely no one again i genuinely didn't have any of that kind of oh well oh well i, I wish that would yeah. I mean, you, there wasn't any of that in that scene it was like wicked look it's at just so much fun it's like the rave became She's reality still not got any shoes on someone tell <laughs> yeah. her to put some shoes on for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was doing fashion and I, so I, it would be either like the assistant of the assistant on the Burberry campaign which I did once for yeah. like I mean it wasn't worth it in terms of like some cash in hand at yeah, the yeah, end yeah, yeah, where yeah. I had a traumatic experience right. uh, uh, but you know from that in terms of trying to get a career out of it to just again being DIY like we did a shoot with Adele at the time like in her flat in Norwood yeah. where we posed this picture of her having a bath of Al Pacino because she loves Al Pacino Amazing. and there was this huge poster there's like that iconic poster of him with the cigar yeah, 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 the scar yeah, face yeah, 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 yeah. and um, so we did this like picture of a headshot of her with him in the bath in the background Brilliant. and we were just having fun again yeah. and it's like before she had press shots and just starting to get some press so I was sort of posing as a stylist in the sense I'd bring some fun accessories I'd bring like some stuff that I could ma- I could manage to like get them to lend me at Beyond Retro which was down the end of my street yeah, like a yeah, vintage yeah, shop on Cheshire Street where I lived just off Brick Lane yeah. I was working as a, as a tequila girl uh, in my spare time where I was just basically on commission only selling shots filled with Tabasco <laughs> and where was that? <laughs> Was that one of ones that tours around? Place, I or was did. It in a specific I used bar? different bars, so Canary yeah. Wharf, Comet Garden, and that would be Darf. like some money at the end of the night that I could. <laughs> and I wasn't in a bikini, just to yeah. clarify. Yeah. I, I just I used to wear a dress because yeah. some people imagine this like really yeah, like yeah, 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 sort yeah, of, of hyperbolic nineties version. Yeah. It's not really quite that. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, I don't really want to work in fashion. Like, I can't sew. You know, even stuff like something like, can you just adjust? I was like, no, I can, I can tell you that that looks really fun or I can bring like some glittery clothes, but it's interesting how so many, um, arts based industries have l- levels of them along the way that are so unartistically structured yeah. and, and, and attitude. And again, you've mentioned like acting and the weirdness of how agents or industry can be, but equally in, in fashion, there's many levels where, 
you have to go through absolute hell and then you get to the bit where it's wicked because yeah. you're, you're in fashion and it's great but there's that there's all those bits where it's like this isn't a, a wicked it's at such all. a it's business bizarre, as well it? and actually like loads of, the people were like the at that time there was still this really amazing kind of very british id you know yeah cool edgy club kids thing yeah, going yeah. down and even though i was totally allured by it you know like super super magazine yeah, and yeah. new rave i i just didn't take it seriously yeah, enough. Yeah, like, i was yeah. like yeah yeah like isn't it fun to wear massive shoulder pads but then yeah. i realized that to succeed and to be one of the people in the magazine or to be earning money like say you know a lot of, like a lot of stylists for example ended up working for big campaigns around that you yeah. know and i was so young i mean we're talking like 20 year old me yeah, so yeah. i didn't know what i was doing but uh i realized oh i was like oh you got to take it quite seriously whereas i like i find it quite funny like this <laughs> is very theatrical to me is, yeah. it works for my theatrical roots but yeah nah, i'm not i'm not i'm not taking it seriously which is almost like a disrespect yeah, yeah. Um, oh you like, aren't aren't laughing at like, why isn't I, I anyone thought, laughing i thought this was all a joke that, but you're oh you're deadly serious this is okay right i do remember like Damn. hearing things like being at fashion shows and just something like oh my god like and this is not even a lie like this is not a sitcom people saying stuff like the blue of the cocktail matches my jumper like and it's like where are you laughing no you're not laughing okay, okay cool. this is and just like seeing like people cry <laughs> on fashion shoots because yeah. like, they couldn't get stuff in time and being asked to go and get like champagne, tampons, specific style lattes. It's the weird <laughs> thing. It's what we touched upon earlier. It's the weird thing in any, any industry as, as soon as it becomes uh, a lot of money involved. And it's yeah. a sad thing. And I remember seeing that with Kate Nash or with Paloma Faith or numerous other people was these amazingly talented people who'd got exactly where they had got off having fun and enjoying themselves suddenly had people in suits and that's an exaggeration mm. but people in suits standing there going you didn't play the mm. right version of that song or you need to change this do you know what i mean and, and like we them planned off. it like this and it's tough because i can see both sides of it i can see that number one that's ugly as fuck let mm. let the artist be the artist and so on and so forth but then i can equally see if you as a label have invested several hundred thousand pounds into them you've built the right to have an opinion and yeah. a view on it so it's such a weird it's, it's, it, it makes it's my heart because nice yeah. it, it is it is heartbreaking to to realize the underpinnings of the creative industries yeah and how important it is to tick certain boxes yeah to it to live what you think is a dream and that goes across the board it goes 100%. from music yeah. to broadcast to acting we talked about fashion yeah this really is no joke like this is something that happens across the board something i'm sure you still come across yeah. that these artists that we've yeah. talked about come across paloma is someone that we haven't actually mentioned yet which yeah. I, who's also part of like she in terms of having someone to aspire to in terms of their aesthetic 100%. and their commitment yeah going to see gigs but again before she was signed which were like as good as watching a Tim Burton film. Hundred percent. Like, I, I remember watching her in bars or or whatever in in Hoxton or wherever else, and going, she either needs to become massive or just stop because because this is this incredible. this is too much 
fair, this, this venue doesn't, it can't handle everything that you're, you're giving out I and putting out at the moment. I remember her having this giant fan and performing and then having these feathers come down from the ceiling and this yeah. giant fan just meant that all the feathers just like went up into a, like a huge plume yeah. around her and into the audience. And it was just like, wait a minute, like, what is going on? Yeah. And this was in small venues. I remember yeah. the, 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 just before she completely exploded a scene at the Hoxton Bar and Kitchen. And again, that's this compared to some of the ones we've talked about, that's a bigger venue yeah. for this. And she had, again, still a, no huge budget, but she had a dress that was completely made of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. parts of it were getting yeah, st- yeah. stripped away as it went on yeah. until she's in kind of a, a, a showgirl type suit that's made out of paper. And it was, again, she's stuff a, like that. It's she's like, a phenomenal talent. Like yeah. her brain is way more than music. She's an artist. Like, yeah. and, and it was very inspirational, like for everyone. And, and the people that were in her, I remember what she was looking for backing singers. And I was like, I wish I could sing. I wish I could sing. I can't for shit, <laughs> which explains a lot, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she had like rocks. So like Roxanne Tatay, yeah. who's an amazing artist now. And, uh, like, uh, soul, like there's loads of, I think she's a galvanized, really interesting creators. I think during Paloma gigs, um, within those hours or half hours, I think I've fallen in love with everyone that's ever yeah. sung with her at some point yeah. in that moment, there'll be that, it'll just click like, who is this? And she's always had that way of, of, of drawing it out of everyone and getting that. It's collaboration again. Like, the tr- like we've talked a lot about lots of different realms of creativity and, and fun and authenticity. Yeah. And like, it's about like collaboration. Yeah. And it, so that's why, why when you're saying you're enjoying the podcast, cause it's about telling other stories and yeah. including your own and yeah, being yeah, natural yeah. in conversation. It's like, Again, you're talk- we're talking about someone who was collaborating, bringing the best out of people on stage and like making it into like 100%. something fully formed and beautiful. And, and Kate again, like saying, yeah, use my, my bars. Like, yeah, let's have some fun. She used to always like, even when she was on world tours, like work with friends and has been yeah. so giving. And like, th- there's something in that and like us all like working together and, and being like complimentary of each other. It's yeah. very powerful and very beautiful, I think. Yeah. Completely, I agree. Well, I'll, I'll start to wrap things up now as we're almost at 90 minutes. Oh, wait. Oh, my is, God. I told you I could it talk. It flows by. Um, but before we, we wrap it up, speaking of talking, I want to talk about um, one of the things that I think is amazing in our current, in where we are in the world at the moment with the release of books is that the audio books can bring something completely different. And, and Alan Partridge is an example of this. He, the audio versions of the Alan Partridge books are amazing. But on a more, more serious one, the Bruce Springsteen, his, him narrating his own story, yeah. it feels like you're listening to an eight-hour song. It's beautiful. Wow. So, so you did the audio book for, for your one. I've not done an audio version of mine because they're from podcasts. It'd be weird to go okay, from audio to, to written to re-audio. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of it's back and forth. But yeah, so so how was that? And was that an exciting part of the process? And was it something? That- it was another roller coaster. So I cried a lot last year writing the book. Yeah, and then I went on a big tropical holiday with my best friends, and it was awesome, amazing. And at the beginning of the year, I tried to go away every January just to sort of go, not for the whole month because yeah. there's always too much to do, but just like have a new year somewhere right. where I can have a clear head. Wicked. So I came back like guns blazing, ready yeah. to launch open, like have my baby out there to the world. And then I was in a studio for three days reading it. Yeah. 
And I loved it the first day because the first bit is your heart. And I really enjoy those bits because I'm an emotional being. And I like what I've written. And then the second day, I was like, my book is boring. And then by the third day, I was like, "Ah!" just ravaged by it all. Because like I said, you're not meant to read it all covered to cover. It was really intense. So we... Not we already already planned to bring it alive anyway, but in terms of reading your own words is crazy. Um, but we did bring it to life in every way that we could. So we've yeah. got people reading out their excerpts. We added music. So there's this bit in your mind where it's like the A to Z of a happy mind. So it's almost doing a bit of a you screw actually. Like I'm almost rapping again. Again, I kind of I I, I love that though. I love the progression of mediums that you can go right. Let's do an audio book. Why? If it's a different media, why should it just be a reading out of that? You you know how to read. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's like if if and again, it's fine to do it as a straight reading, but it, I don't know. I find something more exciting of going. Well, we've got sound now, yeah. So how can we use that? And sounds let's, my let's, baby. Let's do something. Let's 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 make this more interesting. Like, I love I love audio. I love I love its magic. Oh my god, it's so magic. It's the most yeah. traditional and and magic kind of media that there is out there and and you didn't uh, I didn't I didn't answer your question about how I got to broadcast because yeah, I just naturally gravitated towards it, yeah, it tells yeah, yeah. stories Completely it amalgamates sense. the uncategorizable yeah it sparks imagination it invokes sadness and joy and all these things that I've been looking for but without knowing in terms yeah. of working in fashion how how many of the BBC stations have you been on now you've you've almost covered all of them right yeah, have you covered so them all I've done shows on one in terms of weekend breakfast yep. early breakfast and now the surgery including yep. documentaries as well some of which have won, won awards which is nice yeah i did shows on one extra like in terms of the beginnings of my career yep. i co-presented with trevor nelson on the breakfast show Amazing. and then i did afternoons for a couple of years on my own um i've done i've done shows on four like i covered women's yep. hour last year which was cool uh i've done shows on six i've done some specialist music programming like interviewed grace jones went to marley on the africa express with damon Albarn, like uh, again it, it kind of sums up why there's got all that variation it's not a kind of it's why presenting and, and broadcasting is ideal for you because it's got that 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 width and that breadth of, yeah. of all these I different can areas explore, like my octopus side yeah, yeah and and i love that and and that's why fashion and theater you know can be in yeah. in terms of my background and non-conventional education and my love of life and people can exude in audio radio um and running a production company in terms of providing a platform for other things that i love and not always being the face or yeah. the voice and this book this book thing yeah it's another way of communicating it's what's exciting and, and again i'm allowed to say this because i'm i'm an outside person but my thought instantly was or when i was hearing about how the audio side of it is is that you should kind of get the audio book, if you want to uh, listen to it as one experience, yeah, and then get the physical book as your. I'll return to and reference this and use it as kind of a a reference book, a, a textbook almost to go in and out of and dip in and out of. So it sounds like I'm plugging. Everyone should buy the book twice, and I am. I'm definitely <laughs> saying that. But yeah, it's it, again, it's got that natural feel, and it's it's uh, with my book, it felt like it was exactly that. I saw it as a reference point if people. Wanted to to revisit certain parts from 140 podcasts. I'm not yeah. expecting you to go back and, 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 and listen to them all again, but mm. you can go. All right, yeah. Now that point was 
was was it goes back to the rampancy though in terms of like we consume a lot we talk a lot we care a lot we feel things a lot we live fast but if you love something you can show your love by revisiting it you can you can watch a film twice who would have thought it you can um tell people about it you can have talking about it is such a good thing with films or tv shows just the excitement of talking about something and also you know like if I love your podcast, then I can tweet you and tell you, and I yeah. can also have it in a physical book, yeah. and that I can look at and remember how much I like it. I can read like certain bits that I didn't necessarily get in the conversation, yeah, or completely. and I can hold it and I can see like the beautiful artwork in there. You know, like there's lovely it's, illustrations. It's, it's weird the way we consume, isn't it? Because mm. we've because with me with DVDs and Blu-rays and that now, I'm more m- most of the stuff I buy, it's to show that it's something I like. It's normally something I've already seen, something I either have saved on my Skybox or whatever yeah. else, yet if I love it, I still want to purchase it. And it, yeah. it's, it's, it's similar to what you were saying about Polaroids earlier. Is yeah. It gives it that worth. It gives it that... I, I support that, man. I think, that's, I think that's wicked. Absolutely. And it goes up there on my shelf as part of my, my proud look at how... Look at my wonderful taste in films. Absolutely. You, know? like you can see in my lounge, like... It, it, ain't exactly minimalist is it no 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 there's plenty it's just odes to the things again it's that make me happy and that i love what i'm liking is you may be the only person who would appreciate this in 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 my flat everyone hates it but my dvd collection is organized by sleeve cuff yeah a a color yeah rather than alphabetically so i've got all the black sleeves together all the red sleeves together and so on and so forth and again i'm seeing a red shelf a green shelf yeah i yeah it's 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 a a better way to organize for me it makes a lot more sense aesthetically you look at it every day you need to find a specific one a couple of times a year (laughs) you'll find it it's It's there there's not that many well i'll wrap things up um where can people keep up to date on everything that you are doing? So I shout quite a bit, um, yep. but you can... so if you're walking through Margate, you'll you, you'll hear, <laughs> yeah, you'll, definitely you'll find hear. out. Come down to Gems Jams <laughs> and have a boogie with me. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter and I put a lot of things there. So that's Gem Ken, both of my names, G E M C A I R N. On Insta, Gem again because it's me again. Would there you believe? Go, returning. Um, but if you do like the idea of the book, even if you don't feel like it's for you, you, you may know someone that might get something from yeah. it. Then it's only 13 quid yep. and it's bumper. It's big. It's heavy. It weighs over a kilogram. Yeah. I would love it if you bought it or Again, for someone. The, the beauty of uploading this on Acast, I don't know who you're doing uh, your podcast with, but the thing that sold me on Acast is if people are listening on the Acast app, if they look at their phone now, they yeah. can literally click and buy the book because we can have have links in there that can so when we were talking about um um self-harm or the charity you mentioned yeah yeah, yeah. like when we were mentioning that you can look at your phone and click on their website and it's all it's it's all there so it's got that instant so yeah you can you can have that right now well yeah and also the audiobook as well like you said if if you love audio which you obviously do because you're listening to this and you've listened to me for quite a long time now sorry um then (laughs) then do get it it's on audible and it's easy to get um and it is filled with extras and like interviews and laughter and cock-ups um uh and yeah the podcast again they're different to this but open up subscribe to them they're up to 20 minutes and see what you think that'd be cool perfect but thank you so much screw thank you for welcoming me it's been an absolute joy cheers
You've been listening to Scrooby's Picks Discretion Pieces. There we go. How lovely is Gemma? Um, and I highly recommend you check out her podcast and her book and everything that she does. She's just an amazingly inspirational person to me because she's she seems to jump from from area to area and job to job and absolutely excel every time. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, anything I should be telling you? Um, yeah, just see you in the coming weeks for an Ask Pip episode. Huey Morgan of the Fun Loving Criminals, Andrew Beef Johnston, and loads of good chatter. You should also ch- check out the other podcasts on the network. Obviously, Hardcore Listing is blowing up. That's Chris and Stu doing top fives. They've had they've had me on. They've had one that's that's listener top fives. They've had R- Russell from Block Party. They've had Brad Pickett from the UFC. They've had Justin from Elastica. Um, they've had tons of good episodes, so uh, check them out. Say Why to Drugs, the ever-growing, award-winning podcast with Dr. Susie Gage and myself. Tuesday Night Jaw with Jim Smallman, the the uh, WrestleMania roundup recently, uh, was the biggest episode to date, so check that out. And st- st- stop and search with Jason Reed. Um, again, continuing to put out once a month the most amazing, in-depth and informative uh podcast about about the drug laws and the changes around the world and the developments um so check them all out on the distraction pieces network other than that subscribe rate review all that good stuff i'll see you next week ta-ta